This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. This Master Brewers podcast is proudly sponsored by Hopsteiner, a global leader in the hop industry focused on quality, sustainability, and innovation in new hop varieties and hop products. Contact our brewery sales team to provide you with the hop-related tools you need to craft your next great beer. For more information, visit hopsteiner.com. Additional support provided by... Get to know Proximity Malt. We malt superior, European-style, low-protein varieties grown close to home in Delaware and Colorado. Domestically grown, precisely malted to style. With our team of seasoned experts and two brand-new malt houses, try what's really new in malt. Check us out at www.proximitymalt.com. You are the brewing manager responsible for the operation of a brew house of a 200 barrel or 200,000 barrel uh, operation. Recently, your brewery shifted malt suppliers. Uh, the malt you're receiving and your new malt supply had similar malt analyses and was similar in barley varieties. <clears throat> when you started using the new malt, you noticed a significant drop in recovered extract in the brew house. Uh, explain what approach you would take to identify, verify, and correct this loss of extract. This week on the show, a diverse group of commercial brewers walk us through how they'd go about chasing down extract loss in the brew house. This episode originally aired in April of 2017. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode that you won't want to miss. Now, Emily, you're a uh, engineering project manager at Miller Coors, correct? That's right. Okay. And you're actually the lead author on a paper that was recently published in the Master Brewers Technical Quarterly, Volume 54, Number 1. It's titled, It Malt Not Be Extractly What You Think. And this, of Mm -hmm. course, was the winning case study presented at the 2016 Brewing and Malting Science course. Emily, the first thing I have to ask is, who came up with that title? (laughs) That's a a great question, and it it really was a a team effort. Um, we, We knew we wanted it to be something kind of cheesy and and with puns in it um so um given the the direction that we took um with our with our study um we, we decided to put something about malt in there and something about extract and and it just kind of it just kind of came out in our discussions so it Very was definitely cool. a team effort yeah i like it well i, I really enjoyed the article and i have to admit it was it's unlike anything i've ever read it felt like i was reading some sort of fictional brewery murder mystery so um, <laughs> i think you guys did something you know unique here um all right before we jump into your paper first we need to travel back to madison wisconsin for the 2016 master brewers brewing and malting science course this recording was taken on October 26th, which was the third day of class, just a couple of days after receiving your assignment. So let's listen in and meet the other members of your group.
My name is Jay Pemberton. I'm a brewer with uh, Bell's Brewery from uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'm Victor Reedy. I'm a brewer with the Brewer's Art in Baltimore, Maryland. My name is Benjamin Garcia. I'm a brewer at Brewery Omegang in Cooperstown, New York. I'm Matt Mueller, and I'm a brewer at New Belgium Brewery in Fort Collins. I'm Kazuki Twaishi from uh, Orion Beer in Okinawa, Japan. I'm Bura. My name is Micah Kali. I work for John I. Haas. I'm the Midwest Key Account Manager, Hop Sales. Hi, my name is Brent Radke. I'm a microbiologist at New Belgium Brewing Company in Fort Collins, Colorado. Micah, would you uh, just take a minute to introduce this concept of uh, case studies? You guys found out uh, when you arrived here at the course that you were going to be assigned to a, a certain case. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that process? The course is set up to be very interactive and to give us real life issues we're going to deal with in our various businesses and breweries. And the concept of teamwork, which is putting different people together and giving them a problem and seeing what our methods for investigation are going to be, seeing how we can identify where the problem is coming from and then what our solution is going to be to solve that problem. And it's something that is not only can you take back and, and use in, in, your, in your current work, but also um, help share with other people in the industry that may be dealing with the same type of a problem. And we have folks, as we mentioned, from Okinawa, Japan, all the way to, to Galesburg, Michigan, to Fort Collins, Colorado, all around the world. New York, where are you from? Baltimore and Yakima, Washington. So it's been pretty exciting. Uh, I'm going to ask my friend from Bells here to uh, uh, fill us in on the, your particular case study that was assigned to your group. Thank you. Yeah, uh, this is the uh, case study number one. Uh, it's titled Malt Extract Loss. Um, you are the brewing manager responsible for the operation of a brew house of a 200 barrel or 200,000 barrel uh, operation. Recently, your brewery shifted malt suppliers. Uh, the malt you were receiving and your new malt supply had similar malt analyses and was similar in barley varieties. <clears throat> when you started using the new malt, you noticed a significant drop in recovered extract in the brew house. Uh, explain what approach you would take to identify, verify, and correct this loss of extract. All right, so, so where did you guys start? Um, well, we're, we're all coming from different breweries, so we have different brew houses to work with. Um, so we had some different ideas, but uh, luckily we had just had a lecture that day on, on malting and all the different possibilities that it could be. Um, so we were throwing out tons of ideas, and eventually we sort of thought, well, we should sort of arrive at the end point and then work backwards from there. So um, one of our group members came up with a fishbone, and we decided to use that method of attack. I just, uh, I'd like to add that um, the case study and the problem presented is so broad that um, it's not so much a matter of like exploring the, like there's no specific solution um, that you need to arrive at. You can kind of set your own parameters. Um, so that was kind of a challenge. And uh, we kind of started by just exploring all the things that it could be and started going down those roads. Um, kind of trying to decide what would give us the most interesting presentation or, you know, where we wanted to end up. So what do you guys think are the, the key areas that you, you need to start looking at in your process uh, as you go down this path? 
Well, Tiger, he, he wanted to pass the mic, but he actually came up with the fishbone, which is man, method, machine, and material. And that was very brilliant on his part to explore those four areas. And we're going to be diving into that. Yeah, so going off of those four uh, areas, uh, like the course director has stated, we're going an inch wide and a mile deep. So since it's not hard and fast parameters for this project, um, we are going to exhaustively uh, delve into all those different, those four different areas, and uh, we'll see what we can come up with. Yeah, I'd say with you know this particular case, there we could have sat here for an hour after class every day and talked about many many solutions, and uh, so we decided to go with one that was potentially you know a real life situation, but wasn't the most obvious answer of the question of like oh, the mill gap, just adjust the mill gap or try that. Um, and so that's where we were able to kind of push the discussion, and uh, Jay's got some good answers. Sometimes. <laughs> You'll, you'll think far, far away from your borders when the problem is in your own bed sometimes. Mark's told everyone that um, th this is also a bit of a contest uh, in that the winner of all the groups will be publishing in the, in the TQ. Um, wanted, uh, someone take a minute to comment on that. As my friend Jay would say, we're going to win this thing, but um, it's not even about winning it. It's about uh, putting our heads together and solving a, a problem that we've been presented with and to share that knowledge with the rest of the industry. And I think MBA is, is the leader in trying to get this information out to people. And if we do get lucky enough to get published, then great for us. But it, it wouldn't be one person. It's an entire team of people that have brought every every bit of knowledge and experience of this project, including Emily, who's working on the PowerPoint, keeping us focused. She's a project uh, engineer for Miller Coors. So, I mean, you've got to have the right, the right uh, team of people, just like you would at any brewery, working on this. Great. Well, does anybody else have anything they'd like to add uh, about the project? I just think it's a really unique opportunity to be uh, working in a group with, for myself, I work at a brewery that does 1,900 barrels a year. And I'm sitting next to a guy that's going to do close to half a million. And then, uh, you know, Upper Miller Coors, I can't even, can't even tell you how much beer they make, but it's way more than 1,900. So it's really neat to get everybody in the same room and from all these different backgrounds and try and solve this. Uh, I'm excited and I look forward to it. In that statement, you've kind of hit on a point is that when it's all said and done, we all care about the beer. You know, whether it's selling raw materials or uh, learning to better your craft or engineering projects to better create better efficiencies to make better beer. I think we're all under this roof and in this, you know, in this class to essentially make the best beer that we possibly can. And I think the NBAA has that great ability of allowing us to gain knowledge so we can share it with people who aren't necessarily in this class and you know an experience like these case studies is a microcosm of how we can take that you know all our life experience and apply it to uh this this format in which they've given us and i think you know there's it's impossible for any of us to walk away from this event and not be better you know brewers or know better more about your process or the process you know i think there's this is this is nothing but a win-win situation Now we're back here in 2017 with Emily. Emily, where the heck were you when we did that recording? 
I have no idea. <laughs> when I heard that recording, I'm thinking, where did they not invite me? Yeah, I, I was wondering um, if you were on was, some sort of like important Miller Coors conference call, or if you just possible. didn't get the memo to, to join us in the inspiration room at the Pile Center. I don't maybe know. Maybe I was just too busy working on that PowerPoint. Yeah, it could, be, could be that. It could be. Okay, so you heard Micah in the previous clip mention Tiger's fishbone diagram and the four M's that your group used to organize mm -hmm. its investigation. How about you walk us through your analysis of material? Sure. Um, so, so as um, Jay, Jay opened up uh, what our case study actually was in that clip, um, and since we had just switched malt suppliers and then noticed a, a drop in, um, in our, our extract yield, uh, the most logical conclusion is that oh there's something wrong with our malt must be the new malt supplier and so blame um, the monster right yeah exactly um <laughs> so i mean that's that's where you would typically start an investigation like this oh something wrong with the malt so that that falls under the material um bone of the fishbone diagram um and so we immediately uh, went into looking at the the, the malt specs um, provided by both the the previous supplier and the new supplier, um, and comparing them to see what was different, um, and was there anything any missing information in the new spec and um, in our scenario. There was missing information in the new spec. Um, our new supplier hadn't provided us with moisture or the um, S over T or the, the uh, protein uh, Kolbach, instant, uh, Kolbach index, which is soluble protein over total protein. Um, and while moisture content doesn't really have too much of an effect on extract yield, definitely the protein can. Um, and so... In our scenario, we asked our, our supplier to, can you please provide this information to us? And uh, they did. And turns out it was actually better than, uh, than the previous supplier. So that was a dead end for us in terms of the malt supplier. And, and better meaning higher, right? Yes, exactly. Right. And by the way, I'll mention that if anyone listening doesn't understand why S over T is an important variable here, go listen to episode 17 with Joe Hertrick. You, you won't regret it. Coming up. In this case, we were seeing a long-term um, uh, lowering of our of our extract, so it didn't point to just a, a one-off thing. It was definitely something happening over a, an extended period of time. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. Support for this podcast is brought to you by ABS Commercial is a full-service brewery and parts outfitter. From our Raleigh headquarters to our Denver office, we proudly offer brew houses and fermenters from three barrels and up, yeast brinks, boilers, kegs, chillers, tri-clamp, and other stainless parts, all with the quickest delivery and lead times in the industry. Learn more at abs-commercial.com or call 877-BREW-ABS. ABS Commercial. We are brewers. Additional support provided by Bring the world to your brew house with BSG's diverse selection of ingredients and services. 
Our dedicated customer service team and industry experience provides you with the assistance you need every step of the way. Make BSG your supplier of choice with products essential to making great artisanal beverages so you can stay focused on your craft. Visit us at bsgcraftbrewing.com or contact us at 1-800-374-2739. And thanks also to... Malt Europe Malting Company is a leading supplier of craft malt across North America. As a farmer-owned company, Malt Europe has carefully crafted quality malt from locally grown barley for decades. The result? A portfolio of base, specialty, and distiller's malts that exceed the exacting standards of craft brewers. Learn more and buy online at malteuropemaltingco.com. Here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. The District Ontario Iron Brewer is at Common Good Beer Co. September 27th. District Western New York meets at FX Matt in Utica September 30th. District New England meets at Northwoods Brewing October 11th. District Philly goes to the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair October 12th. New Hampshire Brewfest 2019 is October 12th in Portsmouth. Districts Michigan and St. Louis both meet October 17th. And the brand new District Georgia is holding its first annual pig roast October 19th at Monday Night Brewing in Atlanta. District Mid-Atlantic meets October 19th at Union Craft Brewing in Baltimore. Registration is now open for the 2019 Master Brewers Conference in Calgary. Be sure to tack on a couple of extra days to enjoy some amazing hiking and make the 45-minute trip to Banff, which is one of the most picturesque places on the planet. Check out the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. back to the show. Okay, so you found out that your SOT, S over T was higher. What happened next? So at that point, we, we wondered if maybe our, our grain was coming in damaged. Um, uh, was there something wrong with uh, uh, the way that it was being handled? Um and so we um, did inspect our grain closely um, and found really no appreciable difference between uh, what we had been receiving and, and what the, the new grain was. So that kind of exhausted our, our material options. Okay. And did you also, um, did you also um, verify the, uh, the results from, um, from the maltster in terms of S over T? Did you have anybody else look at that as well? Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's a good point. Remember, it's been five months since I've done this, <laughs> this presentation. So <laughs> no it's, um, it's still, I do have it right in front of me though. So I, I, yes, I apologize. I skipped over that, but um Yes, we we did um, have the uh, the maltster um, re-verify their their laboratory results um, as well as as um, sending sending the malt out to our our own independent laboratory to confirm um, that that their specs are indeed legit. Very good. Okay, so what did you guys look at under the uh, man category? Um, so this is this would probably be the the next logical place to turn um when when you're going through this um this sort of 
cause and effect process. Um, if it's not the material, then then maybe somebody in the brew house is doing something wrong. Um, maybe they're not trained properly, or um, they're doing sloppy work, um, or maybe there's a new manager who um, doesn't understand the processes very well and um, isn't doing a great job of, of leading um, the team. Yeah, no, um, so, nobody likes to, to admit that their operators make mistakes, but um, uh, odds are that's a pretty good place to look sometimes. Yeah, it does happen. And, um, um, you know, maybe an operator just is feeling tired or depressed or something and, and just not paying attention to, to what they're doing. I mean, that can happen too. Um, although in this case, we were seeing a long-term um, uh, lowering of our, of our extract. So it didn't point to just a, a one-off thing. It was definitely something happening over an extended period of time. So, so what was going on there? Is there something, or do we have a new operator out there? Um, and so we looked at, um, what the pe the people that we had on the floor, and it turned out that uh, there's really nothing that pointed to um, a human error, so to speak. Um, you know, our operators had experience ranging anywhere from four to seventeen years, so nobody was really new. Um, they had all been fully trained for their positions, um, and uh, we we did have uh, somebody go out there and and basically shadow one of the operators and, and verify that, yes, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing through the whole process. So um, we couldn't really point to anything specific in, in terms of, of uh, man on our fishbone diagram. Okay, that's interesting. And, you know, um, I had a, an opportunity uh, years ago, I think it was the 2009 uh, Master Brewers Annual Conference, um, and I attended one of the pre-work pre-conference workshops and we did something kind of similar to this but a, a little bit different but we um, looked at a lot of data from and this was all from a, a, an actual brewery um, that also had some um, some unexplained problems with with extract and and if you looked at the data um, after about the first hour of looking at it it really started to line up and look like okay this must be um, operator error. There's, you know, one of the brew house operators is 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 causing this problem. Um, and after you got into it more, uh, it turned out the root cause in that scenario was actually the um, they had about five or six different drivers who would deliver malt into their silo, and one of those drivers was um, blowing the malt in. Uh, at you know over the spec of the the the, the maximum psi uh, for the pneumatic transfer mm. there and um and and was causing um you know damage to the malt and then it would take a a certain amount of time for that to actually show up and it just happened to kind of coincide with this one brew house operator so it's you know it's not always what it seems um okay right. so we've kind of ruled out man here so let's talk about um method now so here we actually dive into the the nitty gritty of the process itself. Everything from mashing, loudering, and brewing, um, everything that leading up to to packaging, where you would you know check your your final uh, you know uh, ABV and all that. But um, so looking at the the actual method, have have any of our, our processes been accidentally changed? Um, you know, are the are the uh, the systems that that um, that control the temperature, for example, um, of of mashing and loudering, are, are those working correctly? 
um, because if any of that changes, then of course you're going to notice some some changes in in your in your extract yield um, because you, your if your temperatures aren't right, then you're not at optimum temperature for enzymatic uh, activity, um, and so that's so we looked at all of those things to to make sure that. Um, the recipes in our system were correct um, for each brew and uh, that nothing was out of sorts, so to speak. Um, and we did the same thing for, for the mash, the louder, and the brew kettle. Um, and also uh, verified um, the pH readings um, from the mash um, and didn't find any discernible changes Um from before the extract extract loss was noticed until after, um, so it just didn't seem like the method was really uh, the culprit either. All right. Well, that only leaves one M left, and that's machine. So, what did you guys look at there? Yeah, that's all we have left is machine, and and we're hoping hoping that we find something here. Um, so, looking at machine, um, kind of an obvious culprit would be the mill um you know if you if it's not uh, milled correctly then you're not going to if it, you know your little grains aren't cracked just so um you're not going to be able to extract um all the wonderful things from inside that grain that are needed um for for enzymatic conversion so we uh evaluated our our malt mill um to ensure that the rollers weren't uh, worn. You know, if they get if they get worn in the center and they kind of get that concave uh, profile, then then grains can just like fall through the middle of the roller without being cracked open and only get cracked on the on the ends of the rolls. Um, or you know, if our spacing has been inadvertently um, adjusted too far apart, again, you're not going to crack those grains correctly. Um, so we. We uh, evaluated our, our mill, um, and it was fine. Um, the spacing was perfect. Um, we evaluated the um, the uh, structure of the grains after milling, and, and they were exactly what they should be. Um, so it wasn't that. Um, so then we looked at our, our malt scale. Uh, maybe maybe our scale wasn't calibrated anymore, um, and we weren't weighing in enough malt uh, into our brews. Um, so we had the the scale manufacturer come and, and check the calibration, and again, nothing wrong there. Um, so then we looked at the instrumentation in uh, in the brew house. Um, you've got um, the rake that goes around in the louder ton, if that isn't at the optimal height uh, and speed, then your filter bed could be uneven um, and, and too fast of a runoff speed will reduce your, your extract recovery. Um, similarly, temperature sensors, um, all of these, all of the sensors and in, in all of the brewing processes, uh, we verified that they were all completely calibrated um, and they were. Yeah, and I was, um, you know, so you've checked all kinds of stuff here. You know, you've you've checked your mill gap. You've checked uh, whether it's in parallel or not. You've checked your scale, you know, instrumentation, sensors, all this stuff. And I was kind of rooting for, I thought for sure you were going to find um, wort leaking down the drain somewhere because I've definitely experienced <laughs> that before where, you know, you've got a, a, a seal that's leaking or a valve that's, le you know, valve or pump mm -hmm. seal that's leaking. So, and you guys check that too, right? And so then... We absolutely did, yes. Yeah, so so now at this point, you're really running out of options. You've gotten all the way through 
um, through machine and, and you're coming up empty and you guys, I know you're getting frustrated trying to figure out what this is. And then you did one last thing um, and that solved this puzzle. It was, it was pretty interesting. And I, I love where you guys ended up because the culprit was right in front of your face the entire time. It was hidden in plain sight. And I think anyone who's been brewing for long enough has probably encountered this very same head scratcher in one way or another. Uh, I know I've experienced this exact thing before. Um, so tell us, where, tell us where you landed. What was the cause? Yeah, and it's, it's funny that you Wait, mentioned... you know what? Hold on a second. Emily, what if we don't tell them? Ooh, I think that's a great idea. You know, if listen- them hanging. Yeah, if <laughs> listeners really want to know what caused your extract loss, they can just read the article, right? And in that way, they get to see all of your nice diagrams. Members could get to the bottom of this puzzle in under 60 seconds by logging into mbaa.com. And all the freeloaders out there can either join for access or just go on guessing and living in the dark. I like it. What do you think? Yeah. Excellent. All right. Great plan. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're done here. Thanks, Emily. Excellent work. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. I appreciate the time. That was Emily Rivera here on the Master Brewers podcast. You also heard from Emily's fellow classmates during the Master Brewers Brewing and Malting Science course. In the show notes, you'll find a link where you can learn more about the course, as well as a direct link to the TQ article, which reveals the cause of the extract loss. We're taking this show on the road. I'll be talking yeast with Graham Stewart, dry hopping with Tom Shellhammer, kvike yeast with Richard Priest, oxygen ingress on small canning lines with Brooke Bell, diastaticus detection with Matt Linsky, and so much more. Master Brewers Live is a brand new addition to the 2019 Master Brewers Conference. So grab your passport, get registered at mbaa.com, and join us in the Master Brewers Live studio October 31st and November 1st in Calgary. Check out the brand new Master Brewers Podcast website. You'll find guest profiles, information about upcoming live events, and more, all at masterbrewerspodcast.com. Are you enjoying the Master Brewers podcast? Let me tell you about a simple way you can help us keep making more. Take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's no way we could produce this show without generous support from sponsors like Hopsteiner, ABS, Proximity Malt, BSG, and Malt Europe. So please, let them know you heard their message on the Master Brewers podcast and that you appreciate their support.